Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Friends Podcast, man. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. And if it's your first time, man, thank you for coming through. Listen to what we have to say today, so let me go ahead and introduce myself. Yes, my, my name is Matt, and I'm here with my co-host. My name is Rod. Um, as I always say, make sure you guys subscribe to the Apple Music, the iHeartRadio, Spotify. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're on the Instagram, at the Friends Pod. So make sure you check us out. Yeah, man, most definitely interact with us, man. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Just engage in general, man. This is a Friends podcast, and we're trying to, you know, acquire new friends, new fans, new everything from this. So, you know, help us go go straight to the top, man. So, if, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it, man. So, I guess, how was everybody's week uh, so far? Oh, you know what? Hold on. I'm, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. We got a special guest in here today, man. I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself, and we're just going to learn a, a lot about this guy today. So, go ahead and introduce yourself. Man, it's Rolando So, man. I appreciate y'all boys having me on here. We appreciate you coming on and uh, really excited for this interview. You got a lot of deep music as well as some uh, good bops. Yeah, man, for sure. So we got Rolando Soul in here, Rolando Soul in here. So we'll go ahead and get into just the introductions and, and kind of go into what's everybody's week been like, man. So let's go ahead and start with you, Rob. Uh, yeah, just been trying to get these uh, podcasts in and staying consistent consistency's always been key for me so uh yeah that's that's how my week been going okay that's what's up yeah same with me man just same old shit recording work editing 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 it's a lot of editing that goes into doing this stuff man so like i said definitely appreciate you guys we, we try to put a good product out for you guys just so you can you know listen to something that's you know it's ear candy you know i try to make it ear candy as possible so what about you though uh, how was your week Orlando? Oh yeah, it was a good week, man. It was a it was a trying week this week, man. I felt like I was being challenged to like stand on, you know what I'm saying, what I was what I said I was gonna do this week as far as just like being being like um less mad about obstacles that occur. And there's a lot of obstacles that occurred this week, man, and I kept trying to repeat the same words over to myself like don't worry you know you, you can't control that don't worry you can't control that i feel like they got put to the test this week very toughly you know what i'm saying but uh, mm-hmm. it's always tomorrow you feel me it's always tomorrow sometimes you need a mantra just so you can remind yourself like yo this is this is not temporary you know and I'm, if, if i say this to myself enough you know what i'm saying then shit gonna get to where i need to get to so definitely feel Absolutely. that definitely feel that so let's go ahead and get into some topics and to some discussions here man so you want to well, go ahead I mean, and intro that before right? we uh get into that i kind of mm-hmm. want to get like an introduction of Rolando soul and who you are as an artist and how'd you come up with that name or or what's your beginning yeah so so just just the name man it's just very authentic so the soul is the mind will and emotions and i feel like when i'm doing music i'm giving people Rolando's mind Rolando's will Rolando's emotions so Rolando, so it's like every time you hear my music or you interact with me, you're getting a piece of me. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I started off with a couple different nicknames. You know how it is when you when you uh, <laughs> when you coming up in the rap world. You know I had Warhead before because uh, I was a lyricist. You know I started off like uh, Cassidy was a guy I really mimicked a lot when I was younger. You know what I'm saying? Just punchline, 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 and okay. then I started really drifting off in like the storytelling and stuff like that. And then. Um, yeah, man, the journey of finding myself through music was the mix between trying to do what I think people would like versus doing what I know I love. And then it finally just got to the point where it was just like, man, I can't conform. I can't make the music that, you know what I'm saying, everybody else like. I got to just make what I like. And in doing that, I started really finding my way on how to make hits and stuff like that. So so uh, you said Cassidy. So he was a battle rapper. Did you do any battle rapping back in the day? 
That's Warhead? Not formally, not on no, like, not on no, you know, no leagues or actually doing, just high school. You know how it is. Lunch room, let's get it in. <laughs> I'm about to cook yeah. you, let's do it, you know? And uh, what age did you start rapping? So, if my memory served me correctly, man, correctly, the first rap I made, I was eight years old. It was me, my big cousin, because that's who kind of got me into music. And my sister, I got a big sister. And uh, we was all in the basement just writing raps. I was standing on Six Mile and Monarch. And um, uh, I remember I remember the first couple lines. It was some shit like, uh, Cheddar, Cheddar, you're kind of getting better. Why you hating on Kanye West? You can't even play chess, so take a guess. And I said that whole, like, uh... Uh, the chess part because I was asking my cousin what rhyme with Wes and he was like chess and I he was talking about the actual chess game I thought he was talking about the chess so it was just and they remember them, them laughing scolding my rap like boy you terrible and that was kind of the moment where it was just like okay I'm about to start writing for real and then when I got like I want to say like 13 my same big cousin came through and gave me an omnidirectional microphone and showed me how to plug it up to my you know said my hardware computer and um straight into the you know you got the big desktop straight into the desktop and I start recording off um uh audacity and then I end up getting the crack version of Adobe Audition. I was like 13. I got the crack version of Adobe Audition and then it was over from mm. there literally. Damn. So man, Audacity, that's the you know, that's that's the free program that everybody uses when they're trying to start off. Like let me just see what's going on with the recording right quick, man. That's crazy. You said you was thirteen doing that. That's crazy, man. Um now let's go ahead and get into like um so we kind of have a conversation when we get when we get artists on here all the time and something that interests us is like independent you know staying independent and kind of doing your own thing with your own conglomerate and stuff like that versus signing that deal so do you have any thoughts on that like yeah ideally, man go ahead as as i progress in my career man the only reason for me personally the only reason why i you know, want to stay independent and keep building my independent following is because I like control. And that's the simplest way I could put it to you, man. Like I, my, the last time I had a meeting with a label was August 2019, man. I flew out to um, L.A. Warner Music Group. I'm thinking it's over. I'm thinking we good. We, we gone. And um, I remember I was in there and I played a couple songs and I produced too. I produced a lot of my stuff. So I, I was playing a couple songs. And after every song, dude was just like, are right, you got another one? Are right, you got another one? And I'm catching the vibe like, I know these is bangers. They go crazy back at the crib. And he ended up saying to me at the end, like, man, you got to dumb it down more. And I played this song for him called Size. And uh, Size, it's like I'm from the East, but I ride on the West. It's like a you know a song for the city kind of, but it don't got that city sound. And when he said that that was too intellectual, and mind you, I dumbed this song down as much as I could. It was just a moment of me realizing, like, man, I, I don't think I'm made for the, you know, conforming to what they got going on and then he ended up proceeding to tell me like you know but i like you as a producer send beats in so for like six months i was sending beats in and sending in you know um ghost written stuff you know what i'm saying for, for for a couple of they artists and at that moment i just realized like i'm either gonna have to do what they want me to do or i'm gonna just be able to do me and i'm real creative like i'm a fan of the art man i really like to craft and paint pictures and really just you know what i'm saying do it for the art like i say i came up on the Cassidy, that type of stuff. Like, I'm really a fan of the craft. So that's kind of like why I like the independent route for me personally, because I can do me. Like, I can make a super hip-hop lyrical song, or I can get on my melody and make something for the females, and I don't have to worry about being put into that box and continuously reproducing that product because that's making other people money. I could just do what I love, what my fan base love. If they like it, they don't like it, I move on, I readjust. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I rock with the independent stuff, man. 
Yeah, that actually says a lot though when the label is like, nah, we not we not fucking with that and you like you said, you dumbed it down. So it's like it seemed like they kinda be trying to push like a certain type of sound and like a certain type of message sometimes. Like do you do you feel like that? Yeah, he told me straight up, he said, Man, my my six year old gotta be able to repeat it. And I'm like, I don't make music for six years old. He's like, I know, but my six year old got to be able to repeat it. <laughs> and at that moment, it was a disconnect. Like, bro, I don't make music for kids. Not saying that my music not kid friendly. It is, but I'm I'm talking to people. I'm saying something. You know what I'm saying? A six year old not finna sit at the crib and analyze my words, my metaphors, my similes, and regurgitate that. So why would I? You know what I'm saying? So it's not yeah, they on that. Exactly. They, yeah, they on that's that. That's interesting. Um, now let's kind of get into um. So you said you make beats. You say that you, you know what I'm saying, you obviously a good lyricist, you know what I'm saying, at this current point in time and stuff like that. So let me kind of ask you, like, how do you feel about being like a master of one thing versus like a jack of all trades? Do you feel like there's benefits to, to either one? And how do you feel like you are? Yeah, a master of all trades, but a jack, uh, what, what is it, a, master, a jack of all trades, but a master of none? I feel like that, man, you know, I feel like that's like a blessing and a curse with me as a person, you know, because I feel like my music is always like an extension of who I am, my character, you know what I'm saying, Rolando So, my character. I feel like that's just, you know what I'm saying, my journey of, of becoming a jack-all-trades stemmed from not having resources. Like, I didn't ever want to learn how to make beats. I learned how to make beats because I couldn't find nobody. I didn't want to learn how to edit videos and shoot videos. I learned how to edit and shoot videos because I couldn't find nobody. Same thing with graphic design. So now as I'm getting older and I'm and I'm being blessed in certain positions, I'm realizing like, oh, I developed all of these tools. I became a jack of all these different trades because I'm meant to be a resource for others. And that's kind of, you know what I'm saying, where it's at with it now. Like, I really feel like I'm the greatest. I'm dope. You put me in a room with anybody, I'm going to shine. But that might not be the role that I'm meant to play. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a bittersweet thing. Most definitely, man. But I think that that makes you more valuable. Like, even if you did want to go to a label, like, hey, I can edit, I can engineer, I can rap. I, you know what I'm saying? You could do so many things. But then, as you said, you could just help everybody else that's around you and your whole team. And we're going to get into your team and your music and everything later. But let's kind of talk about the city, man. So you are from Detroit, Michigan. Um, Man, so can you kind of talk about, like, your, what was your experience growing up as, like, as, like, a kid? Like, just, like, not even teenager like what was kind of your experience back then like was it good was it bad so it's with when it come to you know being in the city you know as a kid it really depend on what age you at as far as how you gonna experience detroit so like you say before a teenager when i was a kid my mom's and my pops was uh married you know what i'm saying so it was a different type of vibe um you know it was all family oriented vibes me and my, my dad bought the corner house bought a house right next to my grandma we was always around my cousins and stuff he was the you know he was the guy but then once he fell off and they divorced and all that type of stuff you got from when i'm like seven and a half up until coming to a teenager where we still was kind of like in the house shelter still kind of you know what i'm saying staying out the way and adjusting to life without my pops and then so when you that young you know, you bad, you, you kind of get into a lot of bad stuff, but it's usually with the people you went to school with because yeah. the school system's terrible, you know what I'm saying? 
neighborhood you know you really run around at the park you might get into some bad stuff but outside of that you're really good because you're a kid it's not until you reach those preteen, teenage years where it's just like okay now i gotta earn my stripes now it ain't it ain't safe it ain't you know what i'm saying that's kind of how it is in the city man once you reach a certain age and that innocence gone now you gotta be a gunner you gotta be a, you gotta be on it otherwise it's over with but before that man growing up in the city and i feel like most people could say this you know you poor you you without a lot of stuff, but at least you safe. You feel me to a degree. I kind of want to get a little bit, little bit into that uh, living in the city, and then, and one of your songs like Albany Street from the Blame My Twenties tape, you talked about how you got out of your city in uh, Houston, and how do you feel about working with some people like outside of the city, and do you think being outside of the city and moving, moving around and traveling around to different places that influence your music? Yeah, well, I'm, I, I embrace working with any artist, no matter where they from, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it don't matter if you're from overseas, let's work because I'm a fan of the craft. But it definitely, like on Albany Street, okay, so like, I lived on three different sides of Albany, right? So when you get, you got like three prominent on the east side, you got six mile, seven mile, eight mile. I know everybody familiar with eight mile, Eminem. So like, I done lived on, on like Nevada, which is close to the six mile, between six mile, seven mile, Albany. I stayed on seven mile, Albany for a crazy amount of years. And then you feel me, eight mile in Albany. And Albany is literally like four or five blocks down the street from Monarch. And I started off as a kid on six mile of Monarch. So this all the same vicinity for real. And um, that whole point of me saying that was I didn't never leave the city and like move away until 2020. <laughs> you know what I'm mm. saying? Like earlier that year when I, I dropped Blame My Twenties in August, it was earlier that year. So that's kind of what that record was about. Like, dang, you know, it took me all of these years till I'm almost 25 years old to be like, let me get away. And when I was down there in Houston, I just started realizing, like, bro, I'm confined mentally. I'm literally blocked. I never, I'm literally worried about, okay, I can blow up on the internet, but I got to make sure my city behind me. I got to work with some of the artists from my city because I got to be accepted by my city. And it wasn't until I went out there with Houston and started realizing, like, bro, none of that mattered, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? None of that mattered. But I never left my environment. So how would I know that? Mm -hmm. So what kind of music did you listen to? Like, uh, is it only the city music? I feel like a lot of people from Detroit, they only listen to, D to Detroit music. No, man. So, so I listen to a lot of like, I, I hate, I hate to, you know what I'm saying, get these boys all that shine, but I listen to a lot of NY stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a, and musically, man, I, I'm NY at heart. I ain't going to lie to you just because of the, the crafting, you know what I'm saying? The crafting portion of it. Yeah, so it's really that kind of stuff, man. Uh, uh, I do listen to a lot of city stuff just because this is where I'm from. I do like a lot of city stuff. It's just, like I said, go back to character. Like, as a kid, I never was really the let's stun on you, punch you in your face when we out skating. Like, I never really was that kind. I ended up growing into that and doing certain, you know, certain stuff as a child that, you know, you end up eventually having to adapt to in your environment. But, like, when I, I can remember hearing, like, Doughboy Cash Out, they was real big back in the day. And I can remember just being like... Ooh, this ain't, you know what I'm saying? This ain't what I'm on. You know what I'm saying? Because I was a good kid, bro. I was, my mama, you know what I'm saying? You know, mama's boy. My mama raised me with a, with a soft heart, you know what I'm saying? Being a kind guy. So it was a little harder for me to warm up to the city music. But at the same time, I didn't want to not be proud of where I came from. So I had to learn to love the city music. And once I experienced a certain level out here in the streets, that's when I started really loving city music. Like, okay, you know what mm. I'm saying? But other than that, it's like I say, heavily NY. Philly, even, you know what I'm saying, some Cali music, like, I'm really just versatile when it comes to my, um, the artists that I listen to and, and crafted kind of my sound. 
What artist from uh, New York did you listen to? Heavily, man. I would say, uh, uh, you know, already know J. Cole, man. I would say heavily. His storytelling, Nas, his storytelling. Jay-Z, mm -hmm. my favorite artist of all time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and then yeah. battle rap side of it, I listen to all them battle rap guys. You know what I'm saying? That's mostly from New York, some from Philly. And, you know, New Jersey, too. Shout out New Jersey. You know what I'm saying? I got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's what's up. Okay. That's cool, man. Um... Yeah, cause that's uh, that's interesting though, because yeah, I didn't have friends from the city before, and they, I feel like they're just so central to like what's, what's you know what's right there. So it's it's kind of cool that you was able to like branch out and hear stuff from New York, stuff from the Mecca. You know what I mean? So interesting. That's what's up. Um, when it comes to the Detroit music, let me add this final thought. When it comes to the Detroit music stuff, man, the only reason why I never really like chose that over the other stuff is because of i didn't understand the the craftiness of what they was doing like now the whole internet see you know the, the joking stuff when you know i know if you're familiar with g mac cash he do that really well he display that very well with them detroit punchlines but he a little joking with it you know them flint guys really kind of blew up off of it and made it very popular yeah, like bfb but, yeah bfb uh y and j you know what i'm saying louis ray like they really popularized rio they really popularized it but like that's you know the city has always been a mix between um like talking shit to you music and, and you know what i'm saying but at the same time making it entertaining and like for me that was never really the style of art of, of music that i like i like crafting them words i'm a wordsmith i like work but then again i like poetry and that type of stuff too you feel me i like writing when i was in school so that was the only disconnect like most of the people that you see here who just like solely solely detroit you will end up finding out that they don't really like creative music that much like ask somebody who all they listen to is detroit music they won't know who danny brown is they won't know no royce tracks they know who royce the five nine is but they ain't gonna know none of his music though you know what i'm saying so that's that's kind of the thing too like i really believe and i could be wrong but i really believe that if you're not connected to the to the super like artistic side of music you ain't gonna really from the city you ain't gonna really feel feel none of that stuff like most of these guys in the street yeah. they ain't gonna bang cold unless it's mainstream cold you feel me yeah. they ain't gonna bang eminem either yeah 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 i'm not gonna bang him no i'm just like <laughs> i'm gonna bang him <laughs> no, i rock with him no <laughs> we, we kind of same way i ain't banging him yeah. Nah, he, he got to say that relationship just in case though so I, I no 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 i rock with some m stuff man because of the craftiness like older m like i know a lot of older m you know what i'm saying because mind you i'm a lyricist and it's like they saying it's the best dude in the world from detroit let me learn him and then i got on to royce and it was like uh royce might be the best dude from detroit you know what i'm saying he a little more relatable you know what i'm saying nah i'm the best dude from detroit but yeah hey that's what's up For that's sure. what's up now let's talk about before we kind of get off of like you know like your your growing up experience and stuff like do you remember like when you realized that you was creative and artistic was it when you was in the basement with your with your family like do you remember that moment when you realized it yeah i think that was the day man and and, and to be honest man it was the laugh you know what i'm saying when when when, I, when they broke out i could literally vividly picture the laugh when they broke out laughing like and my cousin be like i ain't mean just like that like at that moment it was like and i was a kanye fan back then i used to, I, I used to like usher back then when usher had the red hat you know what i'm saying uh <laughs> yeah. my, my parents are appropriate for this but they bought me ludicrous chicken and beer you know what i'm saying so like i was heavy into music but when i got that reaction i was like okay i'm doing something you know what i'm saying what was that age when uh, you finally was like, yo, I got one and all your fam was like, man, this, my, my kid's talented. 2016. Or, or my fam's talented. 2016, I dropped, uh, J. Cole got a song called Revenge of the Dreamer. And uh, I did a remix to it called Soul of a Dreamer. 
and it was the first video that I, I spent like 500 on a video we mapped out the whole like scenery of it it was like uh, supposed to display my child because my pops you know my pops that's my dog now nah, but you know what i'm saying when we was younger that man's was a little abusive you know what i'm saying so like the whole depiction of the song was like my growth like all right bet i'm no longer on this i'm on Rolando soul i'm taking everything serious i'm paying for my first video and i'm showing you know what i'm saying my journey up until now so that was the visual the visual was showing like uh i had my sister and her dude playing my mama and, and my pops and it was showing like me being young, writing music to escape what was going on with them and all of that. So that was kind of, you know what I'm saying? That was kind of it right there. Kind of like what you were talking about, your upbringing, like with your family and all that kind of stuff. And um, dealing with what you went to and like in your environment. I feel like most people kind of like shy away from mental health. But it's become maybe a trendy topic these days. And, and also in some of your music, I think it was... It was Shy Poet. He was like, mental health is so important. And like this social media and depression, things that you don't want to talk on. I didn't know if you were speaking from like third person, like about yourself, or were you speaking about a particular person when I, when I was listening to the song? So it's kind of a mix of both. You know, with Shy Poet, like, you know, I, I watch and I see a lot that go on in the internet and I hate that it has become trendy, but at the same time, I'm glad that it's brought awareness and that was kind of like more so like where I was coming from when I wrote it, where it's just like, man, you know, like, like it's important to cleanse your mind, but don't just do it because you feel like it's going to get you likes and it's going to get you reposts and it's going to get you attention on the Internet. Do it because you really, you know, what I'm saying that was the whole point of the shop. Poet. The, the beat was originally named Char. And it was because I was having a conversation with this this lady friend of mine. I know her name Char. And we was just chopping it up about like the hesitancy to, you know, to be open and vulnerable and just tell people about, you know, the, some of the crazy stuff that be going on in your brain. You know what I'm saying? So we do it through poetry. We do it through music. And even though she write poetry, she don't share it with nobody. So that's kind of where the whole shop poet came from. You know what I'm saying? Uh, some, sometimes that be the people that be the shyest about showing it and they be the best sometimes. But it's just like they don't be wanting to actually put that stuff out there just for, you know, criticize, you know, criticism and stuff like that. Yeah, fear of vulnerability, yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. Did you do poetry back in the day or did you tap into that? Yeah, man, so you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I feel like the moment you pick up that first blunt, you a poet, you know what I'm saying? That's how it used to be <laughs> for me, you know, when I used to smoke, I don't really smoke no more, but I used to smoke, man, that's kind of like young, you know what I'm saying, 14, 13, you know what I'm saying? And just that's when I started really just writing, writing, writing poetry, you know what I'm saying? Because and then, you know, eventually it gets you a little points with the ladies and stuff like that. And then when I started realizing that I can mix that with my music, that's when it started becoming more like spoken word type stuff. You feel me? So what, what exactly do you believe is your audience and uh, who, who is your music for? Is it the the people who want to listen to like J. Cole type of music where they're trying to hear your story and they're trying to hear basically everything that went on and, and how the world's moving and they're trying to change something rather than I'm like Detroit music, which is normally like I'm trying to flex on you. I'm trying to be flashy as possible. I'm, I'm trying to like have all the women, the jewelry, like the cash. Like that's really what it's, it seemed like it's about. I feel like even a Cole fan could be turned away from my music because it's not necessarily just, you know what I'm saying, telling about my story of the world. I think my music is just one of those type of things where it's like, I appreciate the craft. 
So if you appreciate the craft, you're going to rock with it. And the reason why I say that is because you might get a storytelling song. And then in the next song, you might get some super lyrical stuff. Then in the next song, I might go Detroit style and just stunt. I might just talk my toss. It ain't going to be at their level because stunting in my manner and stunting in their manner is two different things. I don't have Roly. I don't have buffs. That's not really how I stunt. But I got businesses. I got stuff that I'm invested in. So I might throw a little flex on that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like another... Uh, a part of my audience is, and that's why I say the craft stuff, is people who listen to like Funk Flex freestyles, you know what I'm saying, all those type of platform freestyles because I'm really a wordsmith. And I feel like those fans can also appreciate, um, you know, the storytelling stuff and all the other stuff, you know. But sometimes it's a fear in that, too, because, like, I make a bunch of lyrical stuff and my lyrical audience will like it. And then I might come melody because I got a little bit of vocals. And, you know, I had certain people be like, ah, you know, don't do that. Don't try to do that in order to fit in or in order to. And it's like I'm not. I just love the craft music. Like, I remember I was talking to somebody one time, man, and they were saying, like, it's different levels of artistry, you know, you got, you got recording artists, you know, you got studio artists, you got performing artists, you know what I'm saying, I do feel like I'm a performing artist, but I feel like I'm really a studio artist, like, I'm the type of person that we can go in the studio, and I cook up a plethora of styles, and it'll all be me, you'll be able to hear me in every last one of them, but it'll be a variety, you know what I'm saying, and I, I'm really getting to the point where it's like, okay, maybe I need to give some of these to other people that's more fitting for their style because this is a business at the end of the day and sometimes i don't look at it like that because it's my hobby it's what i love it's my passion and you don't always get paid off your passion now talk, you talked about the studio so kind of talk about like what is your ideal studio environment do you need all the homies and all the you know all, the, all your folks around and like is it just solo dolo like how do you you just you just have your little blunt and then or now you say you don't smoke but like your drink and then you just vibe because you you say you do everything, you make the beats and all that. So yeah, so so it just depends on um like what type of session it is. So ideally for me, most of the songs you're gonna hear, most of the songs you hear on Blame My Twenties, is really just me by myself. I cut on, I put up FL Studio. I'm cooking up. I hear something I like and be like, you know, I'm about to cook. But at the same time, you got a you got a couple more prominent records on there where it was me with the with the guys. You know what I'm saying? And and just feeding off their energy. It was me fried like. This is the thing, like, I don't mind having a sip. I don't even mind hitting a blunt if I'm, you know, recording by myself. But I just don't like that to overshadow my talent. That's why, like, when I perform, if you ever see me perform on a show, I'm sober. Because I don't ever want anything else to come before what I'm trying to display to my audience. So I kind of take that same approach in my style of recording at the studio. I don't want to have a whole gang of, and everybody on the internet posting me and stuff. Because now that overshadow what I'm doing and I'm really yeah. trying to... Crab, you know what I'm saying? I feel like Picasso when I'm in that joint, you know what I'm saying? I'm really trying <laughs> yeah. to put something together. Interesting. Yeah, now, so, like, kind of talk about, like, your, your process when you started first making beats. Like, you started on FL Studio, like, what you, was, what you was doing, like, back when you first started. So, I started off on FL Studio and Machine, Native Instruments Machine. And Native yeah. Instruments Machine was too complicated for me. I, I still actively currently use it, but it was a little complicated, so I went back into FL. And what made me go into Machine was chopping samples. I wanted to, you know what I'm saying, Ye, one of my favorite producers, I wanted to, you know, learn how to really chop samples. And on beat pads like that, you can really put them together. But then I learned how to do it in FL. And FL is just 10 times. And I tell people all the time, man, you know, people knock FL Studio because they say anybody, a kid, could pick it up and work in it. But the reality of the situation is the path that leads to least resistance, man. FL Studio is so easy to navigate to navigate through and you could do some of the same stuff if, as you develop your craft and you become a little more sound in it that's when i move on to, to native instruments machine and then just straight working out a pro tools crafting the beat 
Yes, and the thing about FL Studio, because I'm a producer myself as well, like the thing that kind of messed me up with it is kind of like it puts you into a box of like four bars, four bars, four bars, four bars, and then of course four bars. So it kind of puts you into a box, but if you're using something like Ableton or something, you can like kind of craft it in a way that you want to. Do you kind of feel like that at all, at all too? See, I done learned FL Studio so much, you know what I'm saying? I, it's it's free range for me, you know what I'm saying? Like I done learned how to use damn near every option on there, all of that. So it's kind of a little bit easier for me to navigate through without feeling like I'm in a box. But I do feel like though, you know, confi being confined like that is a plus when you producing sometimes because like I'll be in like machine or Pro Tools and sometimes I do too much, you know what I'm saying? Because I can, whereas in FL Studio, I know like, okay, all right, bet, bet. And I like to build my beats better in FL Studio because like you say, you do got that graph. So I can be like, all right, these first four bars, eight bars, I got, you know what I'm saying, my, my sample, I brought it down a couple semitones, I got my tag. Okay, these next four bars I'm bringing in, you know what I'm saying, I'm deciding, am I coming hook first, am I coming? And then usually right. another thing too is like, if I'm using a beat that I'm um, that I'm going off of, I don't craft a beat immediately. I find all my, my leads, my sounds, like my guitar piano, and I write off that alone before I ever add a snare, before I ever add a hi-hat, because it allowed me to see which way I want to flow. Like, sometimes I'm doing one, two, three, four patterns. Sometimes I'm one, two, one, two. Sometimes I'm drifting, you know what I'm saying? And I might speed it up and go a little fast, you know what I'm saying? That helped me better when I'm just listening to the piano or I'm just listening to the guitar. And then when I finally, like, let's say it might be two bars, it might be my uh my seven bar going into my eight and i'm like oh this is where the this is where the bass should come in at all right and now i'm crafting my next four bars now i'm seeing and i didn't wrote my flow such a certain way that now i know if i want to go snare you know what i'm saying how i want to do my snares if i want to double them up if i want you know what i'm saying it kind of helped help me craft my the way i want to do the beat because now i'm bouncing all the percussions off my the way i'm flowing you know what i'm saying i don't always do it like that but a lot of songs that i do craft end up being like that do you actually have any type of other producers that you work with where, yeah. like, they put you in a different mold or, like, you, you, you go in there, like, if, if you go in a uh, studio with, like, Pharrell or something like that, you know you're going to come out with something that's, like, different or, like, or someone's kind of telling you, like, this is kind of how it should sound and this is kind of how it should go because you say you like to do your own thing. Do you, how do you feel about that, like, going to the studio and, like, having a producer, like, produce you? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie, man. I'm open to anything, but I'm gonna be honest with you, man. It's like, it depends on what you're telling me to do. Because this is the thing. If you give me, like you producing me before I start writing, I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? Even after I write, if you be like, man, on these four bars, we should take this, this, and this, and all, I'm with it. But if it's like, if I'm already crafting it and I already got how I want it, and because mind you, I'm writing based on what's going on. So like, if I wrote a certain part where it's just the main sound, in the um in the bass and then you take the bass off i'm mad because now it don't hit the same because i literally specifically put that melody right there because of the bass right there but a, 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 a producer i'm working with man on this next project i'm putting out i put out a project every two years my first project was layers i felt like layers was an exemplary of who i am as an artist and who i am as a person it's just like you can't put me in a box man i got a lot of different styles versatile uh two years later i put out blame my 20s you know what i'm saying that was you know the whole thing where it was just like uh I got wisdom and I want to use that wisdom because I'm getting older. I'm not a child no more. But at the same time, I still fall to a lot of the things that go on because I'm young. You know what I'm saying? So give me grace. And this next project, um, 
it's going to be more of like an accept in my 20s. You know what I'm saying? That ain't the official name, but it's going to be more like an accept in my 20s. Where it's just 2022, like, all right. 2022, right? Yeah, 2022, two years now. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be more of a like a, like this where I'm at with it now. And I'm working with this producer named Bishop. He actually doing all of the uh, the engineering on it. So this is new. I usually go to Get Fresh Studio. Everything I've ever done is at Get Fresh Studio. But, you know, I want to kind of come with a different sound. I want to come with a different craft, different all of that. So I got Bishop producing it and then the song even the songs that i'm producing he going back because he know how to play you know he knows sounds and chords and music theory so he even going back on a lot of the beats that i made and adding you know what i'm saying extra little flavor we going through we doing multiple mixes on each of the songs so we can see what vibe we going for you know what i'm saying so is that where zone came from no zone was just me on fl studio bro and i finally made some some hard and i'm like because i was gonna send that to somebody originally and i'm like let me try this real quick you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay that's what's up now kind of talk about your writing process and how has it progressed over time and because and, it sounds like you kind of got like a real intricate way of how you craft songs sometimes so like kind of talk about how your writing process is you're from. not just punching in or like it seemed like you a lot of stuff you write because it, you you say a lot appreciate that yeah yeah i feel like the only thing that i'm punching in on i just start i just started doing like punching in tracks maybe 2020 2021 and it's only when i'm doing melodies and that's because melody type stuff man you gotta not all of it but like you gotta feel that man you know i do like a melody hook and then i might write the verse because in my opinion my verse still gotta say something or it gotta still have something for my lyrical fan base that i could pull out and be like you ain't catch that though and they, oh my god bro i thought you was just singing on there you know what i'm saying so but but most of the time man it's it's heavy right see when i used to write like i say i used to be on cassidy i used to be on wayne too i literally got old notebooks where i was doing one bar punches like wayne writing them down you know what i'm saying the, yeah. the, the nino you know what i'm saying that type of that type of line but uh now man like I say, I'm a writer. So now it's like even when I'm writing, when I'm spitting it back, when I'm reading it, I like to see the patterns. You feel what I'm saying? I'm not on no rock him writing it backwards and all that type of stuff. But my writing process kind of come from that, too. Like I'd be liking the, um, you know, what I'm saying to see my pattern, see my words. You know, I don't always want the last bar to rhyme. I might I might want the last three lines to rhyme. You know what I'm saying? Then on that third bar, I might go in a whole different direction with the rhyme pattern. And on the fourth bar, bring it all back. So. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely heavy writing that go on. Yeah, so kind of getting into like a bit more into the writing process. Um, so what what I see like a lot of times with your melodies, are you, are you like listening to what the Warner guy said when he was like, oh, you, when you write your melodies, you're trying to like appeal to like that younger age or like making it very simple? Yeah. If I'm, when you get into your verse, it's just like your pen's just going to work. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically, I feel like that's a, a nice little um, route that worked for me as far as engaging my audience that's maybe a little less into the crafty side of music, you know what I'm saying, and myself, you know, so I don't always like, you know, overly intricate, I think some artists, in my opinion, are, are too, they do too much, you know what I'm saying, they make it a little too complicated, but maybe I'm just not caught up to their level yet, and I just can't understand it, I always get a benefit of the doubt, like maybe I'm just not there, you know what I'm saying, so I try to do do have a mix between that but when it comes to the writing process man it just depends on what's going on like i say that shot poet originally that was a conversation i was having with a friend of mine albany street that was me being out of town and just thinking like oh my goodness then you got a song on there called x now x was more like the whole thing was singing you know what i'm saying and it was really a situation where my brother owned an eyeglass store i had just got back in town 
I was in the back of his eyeglass store. This producer named Who Else? I had just met him. We started working together, and he sent me over a beat, and I heard, and I'm just like, let me try something different. You know what I'm saying? So I, I did write that. I did want to make sure I told a story about, you know what I'm saying, somebody dealing with their ex and, and, you know, what come from that. But that was kind of one of them things, like, let me try this. You know what I'm saying? But it just was inspiration in the moment of just trying something new. That don't have no backstory to it, even though most of the women that heard it think that it do. You know what I'm saying? So... Okay, now let's kind of talk about some stuff that Rolando Soul got going on, man. So we got a lot going on, man. You got let, let's go. Before, piece before by you piece. get into oh, that, ahead. though, I kind of want to ask like mm -hmm. another discussion type question. Okay. Where I feel like most people are like living to work instead of like working to live and then just enjoying life and uh, being around the people that's closest to them. Like, how do you keep a balance? That's new for me, man. That whole concept you're talking about right now, I feel like I'm living that now. When I was telling you earlier that it's been a challenging week. Like, I'm being challenged in those areas now because I always had this idea that if I didn't blow up by 25, I needed to quit, kill myself. I'm done with music. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't happen. I actually do, for sure. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Music, not music-wise, but just in success. general. Like, yeah. yeah so when that happened, you feel me? I did the meeting with the label and all that before I turned 25. That didn't pan out. That was like my last hope. So I quit for like a, a year, you know what I'm saying? And when I say quit, I mean like I wasn't writing, I wasn't producing beats, forget this laptop, forget this, I'm done. Like, I don't want to be a 30, 35 year old rapper, you know what I'm saying? So I had to really refine my love for it. And it was because of what you talking about right there. I always thought, I used to live by this quote, live like no one now so that later on you could live like no one. And I thought that that really meant like if I just work harder than everybody and get successful later on in life, you know what I'm saying? And it was just a humbling process to realize that it's like, bro, you can't, you can't live forward too much. You can't live over there and then let every day in front of you, let every day in front of you be about what's over there. You got to really take in and embrace the moment. And I feel like 2021 was about that for me. It was, man, stop looking in front of you. Just close your eyes, take a deep breath. Deal what's going on in front of you. Enjoy the moment in front of you. You know what I'm saying? All It snowed yesterday in Detroit. When it was snowing, all I sitting in my car just thinking to myself, absorb, absorb the moment, absorb the moment. So it's new for me trying to deal with balance and work life and all that because now it's like I'm so caught up in trying to make sure I stay up in the moment that I'm neglecting certain responsibilities when it comes to work. But I'm not mad because I know I need this season of learning this in order to guide myself back to balance. Yeah. And, what, and I know we all just went through uh, COVID and the pandemic and everything going on. Did that change anything for you where you just had to like sit still? You can't move around. You just like sitting there looking at the wall like a lot of times. Well, you know, most of my audience is online, you know, because I do make a like a creative style of music. I don't really have like the overly crazy fan base in Detroit. So it didn't affect none for me musically. But like I say, in 2020 pandemic hit, I quit music, too, because, I, you know, I turned 25. So. Um, for me, I just got a job, man. I got, yeah, I know, right? It was real pandemic everywhere, you know what I'm saying? Musically too. But uh, I ended up just getting a job, man. And um, I had to, I really want to say, man, I had to learn how to be a man all over again. You know what I'm saying? Like going to a job, because I had to have no job. Music was everything for me. That's how I made my money. That's how I did with, you know what I'm saying? And some other stuff. But you know what I'm saying? That's, it was kind of like, all right, I'm done with this chapter. I'm done with investing. I'm over 100,000 in the music and it ain't made me a nothing. You know what I'm saying? I got all this equipment and it ain't made me nothing. So I really had to take a step back, move back in with my dudes, 
and just, you know what I'm saying? Just just learn how to be a man all over again, bro. That's why I say I had to refine my my love for music. I, I started working at the post office and I um, you know, I was working at two in the morning to ten a, ten in the morning shift. So I'm up when nobody up. I'm going to sleep when everybody just got up. You know what I'm saying? The graveyard shift. Yeah, you feel me? So I had to learn time management, money discipline, all this humbling, being back in the crib with my dudes, like just learning how to, you know what I'm saying, grow and be a like I say, man all over again. So that was kind of the pandemic for me, man. I know it was a resetting for the world, and it was a resetting for me as a man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, f I definitely feel like that time there gave a lot of people time to think and like just mentally reflect on like their life and what's going on. And that's 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 where I really what I feel like is kind of interesting uh, how that transition and how like something so drastic and just happened at a blink of an eye. Like you, no one expected that to just go down. Yeah, and that the life that just like just flip the switch yeah, except the government <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a whole different podcast right there though that's a whole different podcast but let's go ahead and get into something you know some stuff that Rolando soul got going on man he got so much stuff out here man he's working harder than ever man so let's kind of talk about first uh arts rhythm music so that's your podcast series yeah, so it's really my, it's really like kind of my music brand, and then I ended up eventually, so like, I'm one of them people that like, I play with stuff before I play with it, so like, I bought like the Rollcaster and all the pod equipment, and didn't touch it for like eight months, but I knew it was something I was going to step into. I got a goal um, in some one of my old notebooks from like 2016, where I said I was going to start a podcast, and just never did it, because I ain't want to, I just wasn't into it, you know what I'm saying? But uh, like I say, being a jack of all trades, I'm realizing that I got a lot of tools that can help people. So the Arm Podcast is supposed to be bridging the gap between intellect and music. And that's kind of where I'm starting now. I'm doing, you know what I'm saying, an artist series, but I got a business series. And then I got this other part section of it called Power of the Tongue. And it's basically bringing light to a lot of these uh, rap lyrics that's just glanced over. Like our first episode, we did the whole um, Jay-Z, You Can't Hear What You Never Revealed. And me and my, my partner, DLC Productions, just went on and just expounding on, you know, saying what did maybe Jay-Z mean by that? What does that mean to us? That sound close to a Bible scripture that say confess yourself so you may be healed. Is it any correlation to that? I know the next episode we doing is um the Drake line where he say, uh, I got all these blessings just to give them to other anyway. So just that type of stuff where we just want to magnify some of these lyrics that's just like, no, nah, bro, this is really like a old in the old days when we had philosophers that wrote philosophical quotes. That's what we doing musically, and we want to draw light to that. You know what I'm saying? But, but for the it's podcast, break down ether. Yeah, yeah, you said break down ether. Yeah. Okay, we gonna need some help with that. <laughs> the pie part of it, though, like I say, is relatively new. Like arts, rhythm, and music is basically, you know, the music side of the brand, where it's just like I want to create a plug-in system because I feel like I'm a plug-in system. I want you to be able to come to me, get the beat. You know what I'm saying? If you need help writing, help writing. I go to write too. You know what I'm saying? Get in the studio, record. If I'm not going to engineer you, because I'm an engineer too, my boy Bishop going to engineer you. My boy DLC Photography or uh, Glass uh, glass Experience can do your photos and your video, and I shoot videos too. We could do your video. Then after that, I just opened up an event venue with my business partner, Z, um, called SIG, Small Intimate Gatherings. We just opened up March 5th, uh, 2022. Yeah, it's in we're Detroit. we going to get into that for sure. Yeah, so now you go into the event space and you're doing one of our, you know what I'm saying? You're doing one of our showcases. So from beginning to end, you being groomed through the process of what it is to be an artist, how to develop your music, and then performing in front of an audience and getting better. You know what I'm saying? So that's what ARM basis is, though. And with that small intimate gatherings, 
did is that like i see that you're doing shows is that gonna be like a weekly thing or so we got certain... i see that you like you kind of like branch it out to comedy and like just anybody who wants to just showcase their art and their creativity and like, I, I really love that like aspect of it i appreciate that i appreciate that yeah yeah it's um so it's more so like the business side of it we got to have other events going on you know, we got to do, the, we got to try to comedy. Well, to me, comedy is a part of art. So that's kind of going on the music side. But we got like birthday parties, memorials, wedding receptions. Like those is, um, you know, more of the, the business side of it. It make us money. And on top of that, you know, it allow us space to do stuff in our own time. Because if it was music showcases all day, I wouldn't have time to do nothing else. There's a lot that go into those things. You know what I'm saying? But like the comedy, we got a poetry night coming up. We got, uh, you know, we got different sections when it comes to the showcases. So you got views from the underground. That's a monthly event where we giving a view from the underground side of Detroit. We got another one called Flow Camp where we partner with my boy West Palm. And that one we giving away like 1500 worth of prizes every event. That's once a month. And it's giving that underground view to the creative side of Detroit. So we got certain shows that's monthly. You know what I'm saying? And then certain stuff that's every two months, like our flow case. You know what I'm saying? That's like our original camp of artists that we started off with back in like 17. And, you know, a lot of those people that's been rocking with us for years come to that one. It's more intimate. And that's kind of the brand with Sig, is to just be in an intimate setting. And you're just getting, uh, what about vendors and stuff like that? Are you guys like in communication with those, like black people who are trying to like create DIY kind of stuff or doing their own thing at home and just trying to create a black business? So I'll be honest with you, we could do better in that area. You know, we only been open for 30 days, but that's no excuse. We can do better in that area, and we plan on doing better in that area. I mean, My, it's only 30 days. You can't be too hard on yourself. But we, we've had a, 30 days, a lot of days to put some work in, though. You know, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist myself, you know. But my business partner, Z, he more so on the Venice side because he has the, so the flow stand for Forever Live On. That's his clothing brand. So he more so on that side of things with the vending. And when we do events, he do reach out to vendors. Some of them he let in for free. Some of them, you know, they end up having to pay depending on what type of business it is. So, like, we don't allow alcohol in our event space. Not because we don't want people to drink and have fun. We just don't want it to be a situation where we all anywhere from 18 to 35 and alcohol is involved because statistically that's when problems occur. But we do have, like, alcohol vendors because now we can control that, you know what I'm saying, we can control that environment. You know, same thing with marijuana. Our spot is smoke friendly if it's one of our showcases because we know that's our age group like to do. You know, but we try to keep a section for people who don't smoke because at the same time, we know certain people don't like that, but we like to control that environment because we just want to minimize as much risk as possible. But that's his side of it, the vendor side. Yeah, people gonna do what they wanna do. Uh, like whether it's outside or inside the venue and stuff like that. That's kind of like what my experience is. And you, you, you can't really stop somebody from doing, if they want to drink, they want to smoke, they're going to do that shit. I think that when you control it though, you know, like when you, when you make it more of a controlled environment, you just minimize the risk. Like if I let you come in here with 1738 and then them boys come in with 1738 and then y'all already kind of, you know, dudes be weird at events. He looking at me, he this, you know, all that type of stuff. That 17 turned me into a Henny, a Henny demon, a, a Cognac demon, a, a Remy demon. So I know what it's going to do for the next man. You know, that's why I try not to drink too much myself. You feel me? So I hear that. And when you got to pay $12 a shot, you ain't going to get that drunk. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be a little bit less, a little more calm. I paid $12 for this shot. Let me not do too much. You know what I'm saying? Man, so all this stuff sounds so great, man. Like, you got so many things going on. Like, what, tell me, like, what even sparked the idea to even take it this far to, like, even do, like, a showcase? Because that's, like, you, you was like, I'm about to go get this building. 
about to have, you know what I'm saying, woo 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, what if it sparked this idea for you? You and the, uh, the dude, because I know you're like the co-creator with Yeah, this. me and my, my brother Z. So Z, my childhood friend, man. I was six, he was seven when we met. Um, I'm from Seven Mile, he's from Six Mile. So it's, a, it's just a lot of history there. But so everything for me is always going to go back to music. So like SIG, right? Our whole thing is giving a large venue experience on a more intimate level. And the goal is to eventually have a franchise. If I got 10 SIG venues at 10 different cities, that's a 10 cities tour with arm. It's always going to go back to music for me because that's what I love. Same thing with the showcases. Like, I want to showcase my music. Every show you come to, you got to get there early because I start off. I open up the show. And it's all unreleased stuff. Everything I rap be unreleased. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like everything go back. I know it's a simple answer, but it just that's go back to the music. Way. For sure, it's like you said how you started off, like you you build up the energy. Yeah. Normally, like somebody like you, you're gonna be at the end. Yeah. Where you trying to like? The only problem with that is, you know, through my experience is, you know, and that's why like so different showcases we throw, we provide different incentives. Like the Flow Camp showcase, we it's more so giving back to the artists. But with that being said, when you check out the flow of that show, a lot of people peoples leave once they perform because they, you know, it's judges that vote on that. And they get that in ruling. So like our type of stuff, instead of providing all those incentives, we provide some incentives, but we create more of an environment where it's family oriented. That way everybody can stay to the end. But in my experience, when everybody leave and you go last, you didn't get to capture nobody's attention. It's the same problem when you go first. Everybody might not be there. My high work for me is, man, whoever there is my audience. Let me just don't. I don't care if they, if we empty tonight because we have had failed nights and it do hurt your pride. It do how you feel like, oh, my God, let me, you know, let me, I got to focus on not giving up. But it's just like, this is my audience, man. I, I remember hearing a story about Kendrick performing at a show, and it was like 12 people there, and he still performed like it was 100, you know, 1,000 people or whatever. Like, uh, so. I mean, I remember a show, like, this is before he got big, that me, Matt, and, like, some other, some other homies that we went to. It's like a TDE concert. It wasn't nothing huge, but Kendrick went out on stage. It was like, what song should I uh, play? And then, like, the whole crowd was just like, not really all that responsive. They didn't even really know. Like you could tell they didn't know his catalog like that. So well, it's, just, now. it's humbling. Yeah, exactly. And then you yeah. see where they where they go to. And see, that was my that was my problem with doing a lot of showcases in the city. Like I didn't do did showcases in the city. I didn't did the one hundred seven point five freestyles downtown. And I just had to realize, like, like you know, when I'm up there performing, they like you say, they already don't know my catalog. And then the catalog that I'm giving them is creative music instead of. Detroit style music and that's what kind of shunned me away from a lot of the showcases in Detroit because those are favorite to win because that's the audience so that goes into why me and my business partner wanted to also go into creating these shows too because we just needed a space to be able to be like now I throw on a beat I won't have no lyrics on the track that I'm playing and I'm giving it to you acapella if I mess up we all mess up you know what I'm saying it's just gonna be bad and I take that you know I take that risk every time I do it because I practice bro that's why I don't be fried when I do music I practice this means something to me you know what I'm saying so I kind of want to get a little bit more into um, what about the the woman and the, the ladies out there, and like how do you feel about working with them and like seeing them like showcase their talents at your shows and doing all that kind of stuff? How you, like how how's it been so far in your experience? Yeah, so we we have you know at least one or two women on every card, man. You know this is the thing we actually putting together an all women showcase. This is the thing, man. It's such a bad taste in women mouth when it comes to doing showcases or anything in general when men reach out because they automatically think that you're trying to be slick or you're trying to do something. And like, I'm the type of person, man, I take the business side of this so serious 
You know what I'm saying? That it's, it's no room for that. I don't I don't want to like you. I don't want none of that. I just really want to. And it's hard to display that because they so used to, you know what I'm saying? Dudes trying to trying to be a little extra and a little slick. So, you know, we working on that, man. That's all I can say. That's a work in progress. We actually looking to get a female a part of our team that can advocate on our behalf. We do have females as a part of our team, but not in the musical area. They more help out on the business side of it, helping out at the door, helping us coordinate in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Because to a degree, those are their strong points. We're not confining them to the, to those restrict. You know, we're not restricting them like that, but that's their strong points. But we still looking for a person who we can have reach out to artists and just give them more of that that sisterly love vibe where it's just like, no, nah, it's safe. But we got a couple, like one of the big artists is Leah B. You know what I'm saying? And I say her name gracefully because I'm she's a dope artist and I'm really hoping for her success. And she sing live. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. She do R and B then? Yeah, she like, do R and B. Yeah, yeah. Okay, man. See, I always like to keep it like we always got like a black woman on our team that like who runs our social media and do all that kind of stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's just a different point of view and like you know they're gonna uh, access a different crowd and the audience for you. Yeah, I think the trouble too, man. Like, not just on the artist side, but like on the fan side of having women is like, you know. They move the same way we move, man. I'm going to just say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a lot of women fans who, like, they, they be down there ready to cut me off the moment they see, like, I got female company at one of my showcases. Or, you know what I'm saying? And it just be like, I thought she was a fan of the music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've had one woman come, and I'm thinking she just come to be, you know, to be a support system. And at the end of the night, nah, she mad at me because I had another, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, bro, you did, you came for the wrong reasons. You got to come for the right reasons. Like, if you was coming to see me, I would have told you not to come. I thought you was coming for the craft. So it kind of be weird in that area too, man. And I'm still really just honestly learning how to navigate through that. You know what I'm saying? Keeping stuff business, keeping stuff platonic. And I do do that, but it's like trying to eliminate the disappointment factor. I'm not currently married or in, with anyone, but I see that a lot too, you know what I'm saying, with my female fan base. Mm. Now let me I gotta derail it right quick Cause I've been wanting to ask this question When you mentioned it earlier Like so freestyles You were talking about like Funk Flex And you know all the Radio freestyles So when you hear them Do you expect it to be written Or is it even fair for us to be like Damn that's written That's not no freestyle Like how do you How do you define a freestyle Hey man I'm gonna be honest with you If that boy come with some heat It don't matter if it's written If it's off the top As long as it's fire Man I'm coming on this platform to appreciate the craft, you know what I'm saying? Like when they say freestyle, you know what I'm saying? I know that, you know, in this original term, it's off the dome, you know what I'm saying? It's free, you just coming out of it. But we know that that's not where music is at. And even to a degree back then, that wasn't where music at. You think all them dudes that was with the boom bot, you think everything that they spitting was off the top of the dome? You had people who did and who was blessed like that. And you had mm -hmm. people who didn't. Like me personally, if I'm not being recorded, I go off the top. I rap all day, bro, to the point you would tell, bro, shut up, because that's what I love to do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if it's being recorded, I also understand that I only have people's attention for a short amount of time, so I need to be very calculated in what I'm putting out. So I agree with the written part of the freestyles on Funflex and all that, because, bro, this your one shot. If you mess up, you getting scolded in the comments, and you ain't coming back up here again. But if you execute, and all the worst that they got to say is, he ain't write that, I mean, he wrote that. I think that's a very good comment, you know? Mm, okay. That's a good way to look at it. Now, um, let me kind of ask you this, like a little philosophical type question. Like, so do you feel like what you're doing right now is your purpose? And do you feel like, if if not, do you feel like you, like, what do you feel like your purpose is? Like, why you're here on this earth? 
I feel like I'm walking into it. So my pastor asked me a question, man. He say, um, if time, money, and education was not was not a problem, you did not have to worry about these resources. You know what I'm saying? What would you do? You know what I'm saying? Like what what was that? That's kind of what your purpose is. So if if you had all the time in the world, all the money in the world, and all the education in the world, what would you be doing? And you know, I can only think of two things, man: teaching and music. And so that's why I'm trying to put the two together. And then when I start really, it, it's new for me. I'm starting to really examine like, man, maybe that's like I was telling you earlier. Maybe that's why I had to learn all these crafts because I'm meant to teach. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm goaded. You know what I'm saying? But maybe I'm meant to use my blessings to give to others and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that I feel like my purpose, man, is, you know, to teach. And I feel like that as long as I'm doing that in the music, and that's why, you know, part of my music be lyrical too. As long as I'm doing that in the music, I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose, man. I know I'm meant to give to others, and I know I'm meant to be um, an example of just, man, you could be yourself, bro, at every cost. You feel me? And it's a struggle. It's still a struggle for me to this day, man, to, to you know, even like you were saying, coming from Detroit, like our whole aura is supposed to be I'm on that. And for a while, it was I'm on that. Like, I, I got, you know, disciplinary behind that, you know what I'm saying, legally for being on that. And it's like I had to really I had to really understand that it's like, bro, I don't have to display that I'm on that. I got that in reserve. But it took for me to become comfortable with myself and comfortable with not caring if people knew me for that. Like, I'm just getting to the point where it don't matter if people think I'm a square. You know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> bro, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mid-20s telling you that, bro. That's not good. That's sad. But I learned it. So now I can extend that to somebody else so they can get it in their teens. You feel me? So that teaching aspect of it, you know what I'm saying? You think that got to be got something to do with like just being from Detroit? Where that's how people just view every, the whole world. Like everyone got to be how they is instead of just being themselves. No, I think that that's the world, man. And I think that social media has magnified it so much that it's just like, you know, I seen Mulatto in our interview the other day talking about, um, you know, BBLs, and now you don't just got to have a BBL, you got to have BBL and talk about something, because everybody, it's like that whole idea, where it's like, I think that the agenda that's pushed is, be a consumer, and do whatever it takes to be a consumer, so, in order to make y'all consumers, let me make you think like this, alright, everybody follow this trend, everybody do BBLs, everybody think it's cool to post, I'm depressed, you know, mental health stuff, like, let's just do that, because as long as you on this end of this, we can continue to market this to you, you know what I'm saying, and I feel like, that mindset is molded with the whole mindset of us growing up and it's like bro you gotta be you gotta be that guy you gotta be successful you gotta be the man you gotta have the clothes you know what i'm saying it's like that agenda you know essentially in my opinion bro it's the american dream just just stretched into a different you know uh repackage you know what i'm saying and yeah yeah, yeah. i'm just kind of thinking like when you think of like the top rappers and like do they like apply to that like when you think of like like you can name so you already named one like J Cole and the Kendrick Lamar's. They don't be wearing all that type of jewelry and all that kind of stuff. Like, and then like you get to like the mainstream, like the little babies, the futures and all that. Then they they the ones that be doing Damn all no. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Everybody do it in their own way, man. You know, Cole Cole is probably one of the purest examples. You know, because he talked about it too, like getting rid of his chain and his car and all that. But like, man, they do it too. Kendrick, he do it too. You know what I'm saying? You think that some of these outfits, if we pull up Kendrick videos right now, you think all these outfits he wore, that was him? You know, that was a designer back there. Like, look, if you wear this, it's going to cause it. That whole, uh, the thing he did on Range Brothers, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like that top of the morning. I'm not saying he didn't do it, but he did it with a purpose because he knew the reaction it was going to get. Exactly. And you can't tell me that was a part of his character. It was him being calculated. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we all going to do it. It's just some do it more than others. Like, uh, 
you know, it's interesting that you say little baby because you know I would put little baby in the Kendrick Cole, um, um, you know, like uh side of it instead of like the the other guys because he is a guy who started off you know heavy chain heavy this but if you really listen to his music he do got a brain on his shoulders and he do understand you know him being himself at least that's from what i'm observing being a fan of the music you know what i'm saying but these yeah, other he dudes, also is the face of icebox like every, every like every every time like icebox they they know him by a first name basis yeah. and uh he pretty much family with them yeah, but everybody got their addictions. You know what I'm saying? We is the face of, of of we, Snoop the face of we. You know, little baby just like like ice, man. He 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 love that stuff, you know what I'm saying? That's that's just where his connection is. Mm-hmm. But these other guys, like you remember the dying hair era and stuff like that? Like that's another example. Like a lot of I'm a firm believer in this. If you do it because that's what you want to do, then that's cool. I don't believe every person that engage in those type of activities you know, that's what they doing because of they, you know, puppets or whatever. I think some people genuinely be like, I want to wear a chain or genuinely be like, I like my hair this color. But then it's the other audience. And that's the audience that I want to reach, you know, whether it be through music, whether it be through podcasts, whether when I'm in my teaching mode, I want to reach that audience and let them know, like, bro, do it because that's what you want to do. Don't do it because you feel like this is going to get me a certain level of gain. You know, my uh, pastor said this before, man, it's like, don't let your... You know, let your character mold your actions. Don't let your actions mold your character. And I'm big on character. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to be who I am is going to formulate what I do, not what I do is going to tell me who I am. And that's mm -hmm. it's kind of that thing. You know what I'm saying? You, so I, I keep hearing you saying, like, being a teacher, do you think you're going to, like, is your plan to run your own label and be P and... And the push of T's and like is, is that what is that essentially what what you're aiming for? Like to have your own label and try to teach these young artists like what they should be doing and and like kind of guide them like the right direction. For sure, uh, I think that uh, I think that that's the battle that I've been going through because I'm gonna just be honest with you, bro. Do I want to do that? No. Is my heart desire changing to do that? Yes, because it's like, bro, I, I feel like, you know, and this is going to sound a little arrogant, but I feel like I'm that guy. I should be the one on the what's name. But at the same time, that ain't the role that I'm I'm seeing that I want to play. And now I'm starting to develop a heart behind. Yeah, I want to develop other artists. I want to help other artists because what could be a simple conversation between me and you, even in a podcast world, we could have a simple conversation into somebody who's trying to start out a podcast. All of this would be new information for them. Like, oh my God, I didn't even know. What am I, you know what I'm saying? How do I even get it on Apple Music? Am I doing directly? Am I brush sprout? What am I, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, it's the same thing musically. Like I'm starting to have a heart to be that QC, you know what I'm saying? That P type, type person, you know what I'm saying? But eventually I want to open up my own school, man. Like I don't want to, neglect my environment you know what i'm saying i think that you know my goal is like 35 to 40 i'm gonna have arm academy arch rhythm and music academy you know what i'm saying of performing arts where you know and i'm and i'm trying to implement that you know at my building sig during the summertime where arm is like teaching music you know at the school or like that type of stuff eventually i want to work that into like some type of vocational thing work with a local high school to where it's like vocationally you come in an arm recording studio and that's how you getting your credit and you're not just learning beat production like you music theory you know i want to have somebody in there teaching guitar teaching like i'm self-taught piano i'm not that cold with it but i'm self-taught self-taught guitar i'm not that cold with it but i just learn certain stuff i want to get that to the point where that's kind of how we reaching the youth and bringing them up and then 35 to 40 you know what i'm saying i want arm academy that's where i want to go now before that will it be arm label maybe man we'll see if i can get enough resources to work with man 
I feel that. Now, um, I guess before we get out of here, man, so, like, I guess kind of talk about what's next. So, we know you got to see it going on. We know, you know, album dropping this year sometime at some point. Like, I guess kind of outline everything that Rolando Soul got going on 2022, 2023. Man, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like I say, I'm just practicing, taking it a day at a time. Like, you know, I'll give you my plan. My plan is to drop an album. My plan is to keep growing the sick business. You know what I'm saying? But every day by day bro i'm just trying to make sure that i just you know do what i said i was gonna do so you know what i'm saying i just want to focus on standing on my word so yeah album is gonna come you know it's gonna be very creative blame my 20s i wanted to um really put a lot of like visuals behind it and like have a story and behind the scenes production for every song and i didn't i didn't do anything you know what i'm saying so like this album i i'm not putting it out until i got vlog footage behind the scene of either the beats i made or bishop vlog footage of bishop mixing the um mixing the songs uh and then i'm doing like a set because i want to really like i say i shoot videos and stuff too i want to really um capture you know what i'm saying my 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 director bag in this project too so every song i needed to have some type of visual some type of cinematic visual behind it so the album not gonna come out to the end sig man you know like i said we only been open 30 days if i'm being honest we still in the red you know what i'm saying we haven't made no profit we still behind technically so um just getting that in the green and just you know all my investments man i just want to make sure that i just keep investing and not worried about the results you know what i'm saying so that's kind of what's what's next for me, man. Just keep working, keep working, keep my head down. Don't try to observe the results and just do what I said I was going to do. You know what I'm saying? Be more true to my word. Be impeccable with my word, you know? Are you still looking for producers for that project or is it near the end? Or like what percentage would you put on like your new project? Uh, I, I, this going to sound like retarded, but bro, every project I go into, I'm 100% done. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm not putting on there. You know what I'm saying? So if a producer send me something and I like it and I, and I write something crazy to it and they don't, because some producers send you stuff with plans already. Like my boy D Gills, he just sent me something, but it's for his project. But I like the song. I really want to put it on my project. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't going to, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to budge. I'm going to give it away to him. I think it was, it's, it's one of my finer storytelling um, songs. But, you know, so if a producer send me something and they want me to be more in their area, um, I'm with it. But if they send me something and they say, hey, I kind of want this on the album and I like it enough, now I'm spending the next two weeks seeing what I want to trade off. You know what I'm saying? They just got to email it to you? Or like, how do they reach out yeah, to you? Yeah, man. So uh, you can reach out through the through the arm, arts, rhythm, and music at gmail.com uh, email and send send me. That's, you know, my music email. That's what I'm kind of working out of. I'll say this, though, man. And because I want every producer, if they listen to this and they th actually think about working with me, I appreciate it. I just want you to know this. Like, if you don't plan on doing anything with the product, please don't send it to me. Because one thing that I do not like, man, is when I create a product and then now it's just sitting there. And we, oh, yeah, we ain't doing nothing with it, bro. Or, or I'm just going to put it out on, if we, anything I do, man, I want video behind it. I want promotion behind it. If you're not financially in a position, it's like my boy D. Gill. He already told me I need two months. All right, bet. Well, how do you want to do the trade-off? All right, well, bet. I'll record. I'll get all the mixing and mastering done. I'll even shoot the video and everything myself. I'll get the full product. I just need you to come with 200 to put into Google Ads. I'm still going to put my own money behind it, but that ain't what I'm telling him because I just want to see where he going to meet me at. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of the thing with the production side of it, man. Like if we don't have no plan with it, no goal with it, then I don't really want to do it because I'm at the point now where it's just like, I need my stuff to be heard. You know what I'm saying? I just need it. Like, if I'm doing it, I want, I want somebody to, even if it's just one person, that's all I need. All I need is just one person to be like, hey, man, I love this song. That make my day. That make my week. You know what I'm saying? So, 
Yeah. Yeah, you definitely a dope artist and uh like everything you got going on, some of your big songs that we saw like from just from the YouTube that we're just going to point out is Zone and Sacrifices. Uh those are two of the most uh most known songs. Is there any other songs that you want to really highlight that you got coming out cuz when I looked at the time frame like you kind of recorded some of the songs in 2019, then you dropped the 2020 on the tape. And then some of your more recent songs, like 2021. But I don't think we've actually heard a song from 2022. Nope, not uh, at So, yeah, so we, we don't really know what's going on. Yeah, that's, and you know, it's because I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everything is a reflection of what's going on in my life, man. And this is the thing, man. Like, so I'm real, like I say, I'm, I'm a real perfectionist. I just don't know anymore on how to disconnect myself from the marketing side of it and the creative side of it. And that's what I'm trying to learn. Cause like, bro, I got a, I got a million different things. We could sit on here for three hours and I could rap you new stuff that I wrote this year alone. But it's like, okay, well I did this off this person beat. Like in 2021, I did a lot of freestyles, you know what I'm saying? Off other people beats just cause I wanted to just get my audience back engaged. So it's like that type of stuff. Like, do I drop them or do I put money behind them? Do I just let them sit on there? You know what I'm saying? Do I put my put my real stuff? If I put my real stuff, I can monetize that. So I want to make sure that I put, you know, visuals and stuff behind it. So I'm trying to disconnect myself. That's the problem with being a jack of all trades. Sometimes you know too much. You know what I'm saying? So when you say rapping on other people's beats, you mean like no ceilings, Lil Wayne? Yeah, like, like yeah, like freestyle. And I was doing it to the point where I was just dropping them as reels. You know what I'm saying? Just doing weekly freestyles as reels on Instagram. I might start back doing that, but then I kind of feel like it's wasted because it's only on Instagram. Why not put that on my YouTube? But anything I put on YouTube, I'm thinking about growing my YouTube audience. I'm thinking about Google ads. I'm thinking about, you know what I'm saying? So it's just really trying to come to a point to disconnect myself from the results, you know, that type of stuff, and just really put it out. So 2022, I think that, um, you know, we ended up getting this building. It was a lot with that. I think that in the next month, so what, what's this? It's April. I think before June or maybe around June, I'll start releasing just freestyles and stuff to build up anticipation for the album because I'm shooting for August slash September with the album. Yeah, if you're promoting uh, the album with freestyles, you know people are going to be waiting to hear what you're saying. And I'm doing Detroit, uh, I'm doing a, like two or three Detroit beats too, like where I crafted a Detroit sound and beat, but I'm I'm an assassin on there, you know what I'm saying? So you know, I'm, I'm going to try to do, and I'm trying to really, and maybe, you know, if y'all got some suggestions, man, let me know. I'm trying to think of a clever series or a clever word that I can use that exemplify, you know, a mix between Detroit hip hop or exercising the craft in Detroit. And I don't want to just call it Detroit hip hop, but I'm trying to think of a series like that. You know what I'm saying? Like what, what can I call it? Where it's just like, yeah, I'm from the city. I'm doing this for the city. But at the same time, you hearing a lyrical assassin. And that's what I'm trying to craft right now. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember back in the day when they had a uh, rap city in the basement. And I, I remember listening to those and the artists used to come on there and it was just like it was very genuine and like their whole team and just doing something like that. Like maybe it could be like a Detroit version of that. I like that. I like what would you call that? Everybody say the city. So why not the city? Woo! Hey, we just had a breakthrough on here. <laughs> we just had a breakthrough on here. Hey, look, we we gonna we gonna talk offline, man. I, I might need y'all to be a part of that, man. If y'all wanna y'all wanna work together and you know what I'm saying, do something with that. We could do a series called the City. I got all the equipment. Let's put it together. 
Most definitely, man. But that's been Rolando Soul, man. We definitely appreciate you for coming through for this interview, man. So many gems dropped. So many just, oh, my God. Like, for so sure. many things going on with Rolando Soul, man. So we definitely appreciate you for coming through, man. Appreciate y'all boys for surely. Yeah, this is the Friends Podcast. We got Rolando Soul on right now. Uh, we'll make sure that you check us out on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, uh, Amazon, all the anywhere that you think, like YouTube, anywhere you're streaming, like check us out for sure. Anything uh, you want to highlight? I appreciate y'all having me on here, man. Y'all, hey, that the city, I'm telling you, bro, I'm not joking with that. We need to put that together. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, lack of resources, man. Sometimes I just be needing other creatives to be around because I'm only one person. And, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, you know, what I want to highlight is hopefully we can get the city rolling. You know what I'm saying? Literally. Hey, man. Let's make it happen, Captain. All right, man. But that's been the Friends Podcast, man. Thank you for listening. And we out. Yep, the Friends Podcast. Check it out.